I think an underrated thing in today's world, in softball and in general, is understanding both sides of a point of view, whether you agree with them or not. Um, I, I don't think that gets as much attention as it should. I, I've always been a very pragmatic human, much less a pragmatic writer and reporter. But that's that's one thing I've always tried to stay true to is making sure whether I agree with somebody or not, making sure that I'm able to see and at least do my best to understand both sides of something. Hey, I'm Ashley Agle. Some of you might know me as Ashley Burkhart, and I'm a former D1 and professional softball player who spent a few years coaching in the college game before deciding to put all of my focus into youth softball players and helping them make their dreams and their goals happen for them. It's our job to help them unleash their potential and become the athletes they've always dreamt of. I come from a small city in the Midwest and didn't let that stop me from making my goal of playing D1 softball a reality. No matter where you live, you have the tools to help you thrive. And I am hoping through this podcast to help you get there. On this podcast, you'll learn from Olympians, Hall of Fame coaches, and elite players what their journeys have been like. And you'll also learn from me and my family a bit of our journey through the game. I'm so excited to have you here. So whip out your notebook and let's learn how we can grow in this game together. Welcome to When the Cleats Come Off. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of the day it is you are listening to the show, I want to welcome you to another episode of When the Cleats Come Off. As we're gearing up for a college softball to start in just a few weeks, I'm excited to introduce to you one of my great friends in the game who knows just about everything going on in the college game before we ever do. He stays up late researching and traveling to the best college matchups, so he can be one of the first to report college softball upsets, milestones, moving stories, and he's been doing it for quite some time. You may know him like I originally did from his articles written by Justin's World of Softball. You could have found those on Facebook, Twitter, all the sources, but now he's a journalist for Extra Innings and gets to share his stories on their college softball platform and keeps us up to date with all the news in the game that we need to know. His name is Justin McLeod, and I'm so excited that he is our next guest on the show. I'm excited for you to get to know in this episode his bold predictions for the 2023 season, some of his favorite stories that he's ever written, which shares some of the behind the scenes from some of your favorite college coaches and players, why journalism can be a really, really hard gig at times, big matchups we should keep our eyes on this season, some of the best and a lot of times free ways you can keep track and watch all of the college softball madness this upcoming season, and a pretty cool announcement that I have a feeling you're going to be very excited about. I sure am. Let's welcome my good friend, Justin McLeod, to the show this week. Let's start with this. You're one of the best journalists in the game of softball. Why? What led you to softball? Where did you, where did you begin this journey of loving it? And starting to write about it. I didn't know we were going to start off with flattery like that. I mean, You know who you're working with. I mean, don't get me wrong. You're pumping me up. You're pumping me up before we started. And now you're on the air and you're pumping. I mean, honestly, I wish it was a sexier story. I wish it was a more romantic story. But really, it was just a matter of wanting to find a place. I had two things in mind. I wanted to, um, I wanted to be able to find a place where I felt like I could contribute. And I wanted to write about something a sport that I enjoyed. So I've mm-hmm. done the newspaper thing. I've done the local high school sports thing. Get burned out on that real easily. I real, mm-hmm. I found out. And one of the reasons they got burned out on it so fast was, you know, there's there are plenty of sports that, you know, yeah, if it's on TV, I might watch it kind of thing, but I don't genuinely just enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And there were sports that I enjoyed and I was having to spread resources from the sports that I enjoyed, the things that I enjoyed, even the stories I wanted to tell to places where I wasn't getting that same enjoyment, same fulfillment, whatever word you want to use. So I wanted to go sports specific. And then I also, but I also wanted to be able to genuinely contribute to whatever sport I chose. I didn't want to just be going through the motions because for a while there at the at the newspaper level, as I call it, I felt like I was going through the motions with some things. Mm-hmm. And so I needed it to be 
something not that I was seeking the fulfillment of it. I just needed it to be something. I'm I'm a very results driven person. Uh, I'm I'm in it to see the end game. I'm in it to see the positive result, but I needed there to be a place where I felt like I could have a positive result by contributing positively. And so I needed it to be a sport where I felt like I could could contribute something to it journalistically. And at the time of the sports that I enjoyed, and like you said, we're dating both of ourselves here. This is, this is way back. You know, softball was the only one where I felt like, so to take football, for instance, I, yeah, I enjoy football. I watch a lot of Saturdays in the fall. I watch college football. I couldn't have added anything to college football. I'm not an insider in college football. I wasn't deep in the game, obviously never coached it. And the media space even then was deep. Softball didn't have a media space at that point. And so it was one of those things where, you know, I was like, this is either going to go one of two ways. Either it's going to be something that people have done and failed because there's not a market or it's an untapped market that nobody's found yet. I mean, worst that can happen is I do what I'm doing now, which is trying to figure out what I'm doing. Might as well give it a shot. <laughs> Aren't we all? Right, exactly. All? <laughs> uh, and the next thing I know, I start and it just kind of, and I say this in all modesty, but it just kind of blows up. And I'm, I wish I knew how and why, but it just kind of blew up and it's been a heck of a ride ever since. Yeah, it's so crazy because, you know, obviously I've been watching your work for so long, but I didn't meet you until NFCA this year yeah. <laughs> where I was literally talking to Hutch and Bonnie and all of a sudden, like, I see your face and I'm like, I know who this guy is, but I don't know yeah. because you don't really show your face no. when, when you are writing. And then I think, did Hutch introduce us? I think he might. I think I think that might have been the case. I don't remember if she did or not. The NFCA convention kind of runs together in my head, to be fair. I know. Honestly, that was the longest three days of my yeah, life. But, I didn't sleep much that um, week. I think, she, I think she did. And if she didn't, who, care, who cares? You right. literally have ties within the softball world everywhere. But how do you manage to have a pulse on everything? Like, that seems very stressful. <laughs> I mean, I don't sleep. I drink a lot of Dr. Pepper. Love me some Dr. Pepper. I mean, at the end of the day, that sounds just like I'm being funny. Honestly... That's what it is. So the way I, I've got some rain man in my brain, I've got a good bit of rain man in my brain, honestly, um, in the sense that, like I said a minute ago, I'm results driven. I want the end game to be as good as it can be. That's what drives mm-hmm. me. And to get there, that means I've got to do the best I can to, to affect that happening. So right. that may mean, I mean, there's plenty of times where I get, you know, four or five hours of sleep a night. In, in you know off season type of deal, um, just because there's but but the reason I do that is I've got to make sure I'm up on things. Peru, whether it's writing, whether it's compiling, whether it's researching, whether it's just scouring social media to make sure I didn't miss stuff. It's just a constant. There's always something. Matter of fact, you should see my office. You know, on this shot right here, the lighting's not great, but you really can't see anything. And I had to choose this spot because the rest of my office is papered in poster boards with <laughs> stuff on them and index cards with scribbled to do lists and all that kind yeah. of stuff, just to give me some semblance of keeping everything straight. But honestly, there, there's not really a great answer. I don't have just this super process. Granted, I mean, there's plenty of things that you know I'll talk to people about and that kind of stuff. That's obviously a big part of the job. But I just, what drives me is making sure I do the best job that I can. I feel like it's a, it's a responsibility I have. If people are going to read my stuff, they're going to come to me and trust me. Then I have a responsibility to make sure I'm giving them the best effort I can. And to me. And you don't always get it right. Correct. Like, are there times where, and this is where, this is why I want to just acknowledge the fact that your, your work is hard is there's probably times where like you hear or see something and you're like, should I share it? Is it, is it valid information yet? And then I'm sure you've had some times where you're like, yep, that didn't work out. Yeah. I, I will say this. I have so every, a lot of people know me as the breaking news guy, the scoops guy and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I have a very unique method to my breaking news. I have lost more scoops than I can count because I wasn't 100% sure of them. Um, yeah, like someone else got it first is what you're saying? Well, sometimes somebody else got it first. Sometimes just it came out officially before I put mm. it out there kind of thing. But my my process to that has always been, okay, I know what it takes for me to confirm something. And sometimes that looks different for breaking news A than it does from breaking news B. Sometimes that takes on a different a look. 
But I know what my process is to confirm that. But if I can't meet that process and I can't meet the specifications I've set for myself, I'm not going to run the scoop because I know if somebody sees something come from me, they're going to be able to. That's your name. Exactly. Yeah. And and they know that I'm reliable. Well, all it takes is getting one thing wrong. All of a sudden, I'm not reliable anymore. Wow. Um, That's scary, huh? It, it is. and it, it, it's But it's exhilarating probably at the same time. I, I will say there are some scoops that when I get ready to run them, I will literally sit there and almost have to give make myself a split personality for a minute. Make sure, okay, talk this through. Okay, you're over there on the wall. Okay. And, and you know, <laughs> I talk it through with myself just to make sure I'm meeting the processes and the specifications, you know, run through, okay, who have I talked to about it? What have I done to confirm it? What have I heard over here? Match things up. You know, the whole process is. But you're right. There's plenty of stuff somebody will tell me or I'll hear or I'll find out or I'll notice. And, oh, I'm not. That looks like, you know, so-and-so this is happening. And so, I, you mm-hmm. know, I scribble it down in my notebook. And, you know, I'll kind of keep looking and I'll talk to some people and, you know, can't just can't quite get it. I'm like, you know, I feel like this is happening, but I can't I, I can't say for sure that I, you know, I can't put it this way. My philosophy almost can be boiled down to what I put money on it. Yeah. Like, am I going to put $10 on it or am I going to put $1,000 on it? If I'm going to put $1,000 on it, you know what? It's good enough to run. Let's do it. If I'm only Mm going to hedge with 10 bucks, then maybe not so much. Sure. Yeah. 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 So you're a very reliable resource, you, Extra Innings, um, and everybody you're affiliated with. I want to know what resources you use. And the reason why is because I, I like to share on this podcast with especially parents and coaches, you know, who want to keep up with the game, which... I think if you want to be great at the game, you got to be, you got to know what's out there. You got to know what's happening. Like the amount of times I work with an athlete and I'm like, do you know who Alex Duraco is? And they're like, no. I'm like, okay, that's a problem because you want to play at a very high level D1. You got to have a pulse, right? So what resources are you looking at to help you develop stories? Like, is it Twitter? Because I spend a lot of time on Twitter um, to try to be the first, you know, to see an article yeah. from a school. But what resources are you using? So I, I use social media a lot just to make sure, mm-hmm. I, like you say, that I stay up on things. And, and also one thing I found is that when I'm looking at different people, social media gives you a glimpse into somebody's personality. If you pay attention to the right, right. things, you can kind of tell. Like, you know, I, you, like you say, you and I never met until the NFSA convention this you know a month ago or however long ago it was. But at the same time, I felt like before that I knew you because I gleaned enough of your personality to feel like I had a handle on you, so to speak. You know, of course, I listened sure. to your podcast, too, and I covered you for a long time as a player. But outside of that, you know, <laughs> we never met. So I use social media a lot. Um, I talk to a lot of people, though. True, if, if Truth be told, I think the secret sauce is I talk to a lot of people. You know, there are sometimes where I'll spend seven hours a day on the phone during the summer just talking to this person and that person kind of thing. But in terms of resources that that I can go to without something, you know, that that first person connection, Twitter is my main one. I mean, Instagram is, I, I kind of, I'm not very good at Instagram. So I'm on Instagram. I hate Instagram. Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> I'm on it too, to be honest. I, I have to be on it, but. Right, exactly. It's yeah. me too. I feel like Twitter is like, I mean, when you think of news and you think of social mm-hmm. media, Twitter is like number one. Yeah. When when schools post things, mm-hmm. do you look at like their web their websites, their news articles? Is that is that reliable too? It is reliable. I, I don't rely on it is reliable, but I don't rely on it a whole lot. Um, just mm-hmm. because there's there's a difference. Every school operates differently. You know, some schools are going to post every press release they can. Some schools are going to post one press release in the blue moon. Some are going to format them differently. Like for instance, when I'm on the road during the regular season. I keep up with games. I watch film. I might have three screens going at once. Some, honestly, I was sitting in the press box at one point and I was had my laptop. I had a Google Doc on one side of my laptop screen taking notes on the game. I had the other side was a game on ESPN3. And then I had my phone with another game on it in a press box. Mm-hmm. So it's stuff like that. But I, I, I use, for instance, I have a Twitter list. All the D1 softball programs in the country. So sometimes I'll just take a quick scroll through that Twitter list. Maybe I missed somebody, you know, a coach had a milestone win. Maybe I missed somebody who had three home runs in a game just to kind of keep me updated. And then, you know, in the evenings or stuff like that, you know, yeah, let's go peruse some scores. Let's go peruse some team sites. Let's make sure we keep up on things. I mean, again, I don't sleep much. So I kind of do a little bit of everything in that sense. Yeah. But I, I do use those, especially as a, 
resource because I can only be in one place at a time, but I try not to miss things if I can help it. So sure. I like to go straight to the source on stuff like that and make sure, hey, did somebody have just a great weekend? You know, let's make sure they get a nice spotlight for it. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you're just like a softball nerd in the best way. It's pretty true. Like you, you, you have a pulse on everything. It's it's funny because I consider myself a softball nerd, yeah. but like you're like a whole nother level. Well, and <laughs> I mean, all for good reason. It's it's just so neat how you know your travel. How do you decide where to travel? By the way, because there's so much going on. There's so many great series going on. I wish there was a science to that too. Honestly, um, I do usually. I mean, you're gonna go to St. Pete probably. Yeah. You're gonna go to Mary Nutter. Uh, nope, maybe. Not Mary Nutter? No. Okay. So the thing with so I live in um the South. I don't know if you can tell by the accent. Mm-hmm. You know, a little bit. I know it sounds a little like Jersey here, but um <laughs> so you know, I'm Southern boy born and bred, always lived in the South my whole life. And so where I am now, a big part of my travel is okay, what am I centrally located to? What can I get to? I drive pretty much everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um so it's okay, where can I go that is advantageous to travel? but also will give the biggest benefit. So I've actually never done the Mary Nutter in yeah. how many years I've done this. Um, and the main reason is it's such a, you're talking two time zones in the middle of the season. And with the constant content production, I can't, honestly, I can't afford to be that jet lagged in the middle, you know, thir- third week of the season. I mean, it's, it sounds yeah. like a really stupid reason to just, you know, that's no, fair, but, so yeah, I'll do Clearwater this year. I'll do like the NFCA opener because you're talking 20 teams. It's in the same place where I'll be week two. Okay, that's a no-brainer. I do a tournament um in week three in Florida. Okay, it's close. And then I kind of just figure out, okay, what's going to be the most advantageous? Where can I have the most benefit in terms of teams, potential stories? You know, I always I always like a good story. So I want to make sure I can be in front of potential stories. Obviously, advantageous to the travel. Um, but then I do, I like to add every year. I like to add someplace new. Um, last year I went to Maryland and Delaware. Um, this year I'll go to Nebraska and Iowa. So I like to add someplace new every year, whether that's a new state. I do like to add new states. Um, I think I added eight new states in 2022. Hmm. Um, I will not be doing that in 2023. Just, just for the record. It's <laughs> a lot of states. <laughs> ain't, ain't new with us a lot, but you know, so I like to do some things like that just to, yeah, I have a little fun with it on on my own side. I mean, I guess it's just fun for me because, you know, hey, I've never been to Nebraska. Let's go to Nebraska kind of thing. So I got a real, do you like ramen? I got a good ramen spot for you for Nebraska. Really? Do you like ramen? Is that a thing? I mean, I don't know that I've actually ever had You wouldn't had expect it. good ramen in Nebraska. No, that's this is why I'm mentioning me. it. <laughs> I went, we traveled there with a package deal once okay. and Jen Schroeder found this place and I was like, Every time I'm in Nebraska, I'm going here. <laughs> um, okay. But it's so good. Yeah, you're going to have to. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, I was going to say, you're going to have to clue me into that one. That's intriguing now because I would not expect that in Nebraska. Yeah. I, honestly, traveling with the package deal was amazing because Jen's like a food snob. Yep. Like she makes sure we go to the best spots. So I've been blessed with traveling to cool cities, eating really good food, um, like, but happy to help. It's like a one two punch right there. <laughs> I can't beat that. <laughs> I know. Truly. Um, so you write so much. Do you have certain topics that you enjoy most to write about? I enjoy telling a good story. Um, you know, there's there's certain things with covering a sport that come with it. You have to do the top 25. You have to do the player of the week. You have to do, you know, the the week preview, the week recap. You know, there's certain things that come with it. Um, but I enjoy telling a good story. When I can sit down and somebody, especially because, again, back to the responsibility I mentioned earlier, when somebody trusts me to tell their story, that's a responsibility for me and mm-hmm. because I want to make sure I do them the justice of telling their story the right way. But I enjoy telling those stories. Um, you know, some of the stories over the years that I've told that I've written, whether it was specific to, Hey, this person had cancer and beat it. So, you know, a real heartwarming feature or, Hey, this person's mom, you know, played softball and you know, the daughter followed in the footsteps. You know, the heartwarming stuff that you see, those are, I love those. But sometimes I also just like telling a good story. You know, I've written some profiles of people where you get to say, I just actually did one on Megan Faramo. And, you know, I think mm. when people see Megan Faramo, you think of, okay, well, she's this, you know, this great pitcher. She's got all the emotion in the circle. You, know, you think of the fist pumps, the screams when she gets a big strikeout kind of thing. So you think of this huge personality. And then, you know, you go and talk to Megan Faramo off the field and she talks about how you know for a long time she's she was an introverted person she doesn't like people seeing that extra side of her outside the softball field but she's kind of grown more into that 
And and those are the kinds of things that I like to do because you don't always get to see that side of somebody. You may follow them on social media and you don't get to see a true side of somebody. So telling a good story for me is, is always been the favorite part of the job, just to sit down and talk to somebody, get to talk to them. I mean, I've had four hour conversations sitting down with somebody when I was writing a profile on them. And you get to find out a lot about somebody when you're talking one-on-one for four hours. So that that easy answer, that's the favorite part of the job for me is when I get to tell a good story, it beats everything else hands down and not close. What are some other big ones? So Megan's a big one. What are some, I mean, maybe a Hutch one? (laughs) Hutch is always a great story, I feel like. I did back in, when Hutch broke the wins record back in the spring of 22. Mm -hmm. um, So actually, so I was in Florida. Uh, for Clearwater last year when Michigan was there and didn't know what was going to happen. But at the start of the year where Hutch was going to break the wins record, knew she was close, knew it was going to happen. So they leave Clearwater and she needs one win. Okay. So she needs one win. Well, the next tournament Duke was going, uh, excuse me, Michigan was going to was at Duke. Well, turn. I was actually supposed to cover a D three tournament in Raleigh, North Carolina, the same weekend Michigan was going to be playing at Duke. So my travel was all planned. Well, it gets turned topsy-turvy. I drive up to up there. I go to Duke on Thursday night. Well, Michigan's playing gets stuck on the tarmac. People probably remember Hutch's tweets about the plane. <laughs> They're stuck on the tarmac. Oh, yeah. She tweeted. So I'm sitting there literally. We're in a press box in Durham, North Carolina. And there's been one game. And there's supposed to be a second game. I think it was Duke and Army. And then it was supposed to be Army and Michigan. Well, Michigan's on the tarmac and they're not in the air and they're not in the air. And for a minute, it's like, okay, well, maybe they're going to get here and be able to play right away. And then all of a sudden, Army's like, we can't just sit around. So, okay, night's canceled. So I was, this Justin's not always the smartest in the world. So Justin was going to do <laughs> one day of a tournament in Greensboro, North Carolina. So Justin was staying in Greensboro. So on Thursday night, Greensboro to Durham. Well, Michigan doesn't play. Durham back to Greensboro. Up on Friday, the tournament I was planning on doing, but then drive back to Durham to be able to see the the win, her break the record, Hutch break the record. So I'm there, I, you know, Duke, and of course, so Catherine Gleason and Marissa Young obviously both played at Michigan. They're both in that tournament. Mm-hmm. Northern Kentucky, mm-hmm. where Gleason's the head coach, is the team Michigan beats for Hutch to break the record. So Marissa Young and Duke, they have balloons, they have all this, a gift, all this kind of stuff. So I'm there for that, get to see that. But the coolest thing was I, knowing that was coming and knowing I was going to be there for it, I reached out to some former players. I reached out to some former assistant coaches. And I think it was probably six or seven. Um, I, and I even talked to Rhonda Ravel, actually, who I'm you know, really close with Hutch. They've competed against each other for so long. And mm-hmm. so by the time Hutch broke the record, I had a almost a tribute piece ready to go with the impacts that she had made on all these different people, peers, people who'd coached with her, people she'd played, they'd played for. And it was really fun for me to write that because you get to hear these different perspectives. You know, Hutch and Rhonda competed against each other for so long, but they were, they're such good friends. So Rhonda has that perspective of Hutch is a competitor, also Hutch is a friend. Um, I talked yeah. to a couple of people who were, used to be assistant coaches, volunteer assistants get to hear their perspectives of, okay, what I thought Hutch was and then what Hutch actually was. The players, same thing. Um, and actually, I remember Hutch, went, after I put it out, nope, I didn't, obviously, I mean, I didn't tell Hutch, hey, I'm writing a piece in tribute to you kind of thing. But I got a text message from her after I put it out. And it, it meant a lot to her, seeing, seeing those things. So, like I say, stuff like that, that was one of my favorites last year um, because everybody's tributes were different but they all had some similar undertones. The same, the same qualities came through in all of them. Um, that was one of my mm-hmm. absolute favorites last year that I got to put together. Yeah. Yeah. I love that woman. I, when I played against her, I was terrified of her. Right. And then through my sister beginning to play there, I realized what a cool human yeah. she just is. You know, yep, she like adopted me to her program. I'm like happy to be here. Right, I was going to say <laughs> such a bad place to be. Truly. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, any others that come to mind? Ooh, there, I mean, there's been plenty over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, You've been doing this a while, so while. I'm, I'm sure there have been. I mean, I did one one time on a coach who coached at Army and then enlisted in the Army. Um, mm. That was a fun one. I'm trying to think. There, there's been 
Oh, gosh. I mean, and there, there's been plenty of those heartwarming ones, like I say, where, you know, somebody beat cancer, somebody, you know, played with um, diabetes, um, somebody, you know, followed in a loved one's footsteps. Um, somebody did, especially the ones who something in tribute to somebody else are always, yeah. always fun ones. Um, I could, I could give you a list if my brain would work, but there's just over the years, <laughs> Those those are the ones that stand out. Like if I sat down and you went through, it wouldn't be the scoops that I got. Those are fun. Don't get me wrong. And I enjoy that aspect of what I do. But the ones that stand out are are the stories I get to tell the the stuff that the unique stories, the perspectives. But really, the you get you get to see the people behind the softball. Those, mm-hmm. those are the ones that always stand out over these years. Yeah. All right. Well, since you're the expert in so many things, I have a couple questions to this will be easier to talk about probably because you're not going to talk about yourself as much. Okay, cool. But I do I do want to know your thoughts on a couple like things going on within the game. Okay. First, we have this new rule of like there's no more volunteer coaches, they're going to be assistants now. Yep. And as someone who spent 3 years <laughs> as a volunteer, I'm ecstatic for those yep. who get to be you know, a part of the recruiting process and do so much more and actually get paid more. What are your thoughts on this new role? I'm really mixed right now. And the biggest reason yeah. for that is I'm not sure how much of an actual impact it's going to make. Sure. So, and, and delving into why, you know, there was that proposal, let's make it a fourth paid, let's make it, but also let's add a fifth paid. And mm-hmm. if the fifth paid coach had been ratified, it would have been an easy, okay, things have to change. Right now, by ratifying the fourth and saying no to the fifth, I think it's one of those things where there's a lot of places where, okay, maybe we just don't change anything. Maybe the volley goes on the payroll. They can get benefits now. We still pay them out of camps. Like I I think there's going to be a lot of places. If you'd ratify the fifth paid coach, schools have to think, okay, what are we doing budget-wise? How are we going to do this? Because we've got to keep up with the Joneses. And so Mm -hmm. schools, administrations would have had to put thought processes into that. Whereas now, and I've even talked to some coaches who who aren't sure what's going to happen because now it's just a matter of the same people or the same role just being seen a little differently. So there's yeah. going to take some, there, there's going to have to be some movement on, the, okay, this actually does mean something. Where are we going to find the money? How are we going to structure this? Um, if that happens, I think it's great. And I do think it's great for the people in those fourth positions. However, it's structured, whether it's as simple as, hey, you get benefits instead of having to pay for your own insurance. Um, you've been there. That's huge. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's a big huge. Deal. I literally have a story about it. It's a quick one, I promise. Oh, I was uh, throwing BP at Illinois. We were, mm-hmm. Purdue was playing in Illinois. And one of our hitters, I didn't realize that there was a little fray in the screen in front of me. And a ball like hit the metal bar and went straight into like my cheekbone. My glasses flew off, like my sunglasses yeah. that were literally my birthday present that year. Mm. It's fine. Um, and I like slightly shattered my cheekbone. And I'm just like, so the school will like kind of handle this, right? And they're like, no, the school doesn't handle that. I'm like, what am I doing risking <laughs> my life every day if I get no like benefits? So I had to like spend all this money to like, yeah. I luckily I didn't have to get anything reconstructed. But that was a little taste of like, mm-hmm. that could have been way more serious. Right. You know, well, I mean, but okay, that's my short story about no, but that's that's the <laughs> benefits and insurance. That's the perfect example because something as small as you know, seemingly small to somebody not in that position. Oh well, they get benefits now. That makes a big difference. And, yeah, and, you know, for someone who's getting paid nothing. Exactly. I mean, I mean, and some of these schools genuinely, I think, are going to end up structuring this. I, I really believe they're going to structure it as okay. We're going to put you on the payroll. You get benefits. Your salary is ten thousand dollars. And yeah. the rest is going to come out of camps like your salary is now, because obviously that structure already works for these folks. They know when the money's coming in. They know how the camp money mm-hmm. comes in. I think that's what's going to happen more than anything. But for those people in those fourth assistant positions, it's huge. And, and two, I mean, you've got the the program benefits of, you know, for the smaller programs who have the finances to do that. Hey, your volley is an employee. Now they can drive the van. You know, mm-hmm. there's some schools, you know, you drive three vans, literally, the trainer has to drive or the administrative assistant has to drive because they're actual employees. Volunteers, mm-hmm. not an employee. They have to ride along, even though That's they're true. coaching staff. So there's little mm-hmm. pieces like that, that I think could make a difference. Um, and I think that too will come in a little, you that'll cascade. That's one aspect of, I think will cascade down where maybe put them on the payroll. So they're an employee. Your salary is $5,000. 
but we're going to pay you in camps like you're getting now type of deal. Um, I think we'll see that a little bit, but I'm mixed on the overall impact outside of the benefits for those volleys Mm -hmm. because I, I, I don't think it's going to spur as much action within athletic departments, within administrations, because it's for a lot of them, they're going to look at it as, okay, we had four coaches. We still have four coaches status quo. What, what do we need to do mm-hmm. something different? And I think you got to have the right people to say, actually, no, it's not status quo. And I don't know how many people are going to be in a position to be able to, to actually affect change that way. Right. And I will say when I was a volunteer, there were times where it was like still an 80 hour week for me, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, and a lot of them are young, you know, pro athletes, yep. some just out of the game type of stuff. But I think opportunity wise for the the actual volley, like you said, mm-hmm. it's huge. Um, huge. But yeah, I don't know if much will change at all yeah. because they still work their tails off exactly. <laughs> for the program. That's not going to change. So yeah, I was just curious on your thoughts on that mm-hmm. one. Okay, so what are some exciting predictions you have for this year so far? I mean, I know you're working a ton on making sure you know the pulse of everything. What are some things that you're excited about? I think the World Series could be really interesting this year. I mean, mm-hmm. I think we all know Oklahoma is the prohibitive favorite to win. Anybody who yes. anybody who straight bets against Oklahoma, you, I mean, let's have a mental uh, uh, wellness check because there's just it's. I mean, they're stronger than they were with Jocelyn Allo, which is saying so much. I mean, that's saying it's incomprehensible. Outside of that, it's though, crazy. You, yeah, you got UCLA, you got Oklahoma State, who I think are probably two three across. Should be two three across the board, but behind them wide open it's wide open if you look at the sec there's no prohibitive favorite Mm -hmm. the strongest roster the best team the you know the team most likely to go are three different programs you know and and usually in the sec that's where you get okay well there's going to be two or three maybe three or four you look at the pac 12 sure they put arizona and oregon state in the tournament last year excuse me in the world series last year um, after, or I mean, Oregon State barely made the tournament. And so some people think, oh, well, the Pac-12 is super strong. Well, if I look at the Pac-12 this year, I think differently. I think UCLA is super strong, and the rest of the Pac-12 is up for grabs, two through nine. Mm. So I think – and then you go Big Ten. I mean, Big 12 is the Big 12. But I think there's so many places where there's not an easy answer. It's not, oh, hey, Arkansas is going to repeat as SEC champs. Oh, hey, three Pac-12 teams are going back to the World Series. There's no easy predictions outside of Oklahoma's probably going to win the World Series. And some mm-hmm. people think Oklahoma winning the World Series takes away some of the excitement. I think differently. I think the fact that Oklahoma is such a prohibitive favorite is not necessarily the worst thing in the world because it gives everybody a chance to look at, okay, what's the rest of the world look like? Okay, Oklahoma's going to win the World Series. Okay, let's call it a foregone conclusion. It's not, but let's call it one. Well, okay, what does the rest of the world look like? What about UCLA? What about Oklahoma State? What about Florida State? What about Stanford? What about Virginia Tech? What about Tennessee? That, you know, maybe wouldn't get as much attention because it would be like, oh, well, is Oklahoma going to get there? But because Oklahoma is so prohibitive a favorite, I think it opens up the rest of the world, both to the softball mm. fan, just in general. And, I mean, honestly, I couldn't tell you right now. I did a podcast last week, and they put me on the spot and said, okay, who do you think is going to go to the World Series? And they said, we'll give you 10 spots instead of just having to pick eight. And I'm like, can you give me 20? <laughs> right. It's like, because, you know, normally predictions are kind of my thing. Go out on the limb. If you're right, you're right. If you're wrong, you're wrong. Either you're a genius, you're stupid, or both. Um, usually stupid, just for the record. Um, <laughs> but this year, I mean, I'm going to be stupid because at this point, I couldn't tell you half of the World Series field in predictions. But I think that's good for the game as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. It's Are there some matchups that you know are coming that you're like, this is a must. I got to watch this. I got to either be there or make sure this is forefront. I mean, I'm doing bed. I'm covering Bedlam in person this year for the first time. Um, cool. That's that's end of the year, obviously. But that one, that, that's a big one. I think pre- precursor to postseason, right on top of postseason and all that. So I'm doing that one this year for <laughs> a lot of reasons. Um, you know, I'll do like, uh, I think I'm doing Arkansas, Florida this year. Because um, I think that's going to be a fun one. Um, so I think so too. So, um, but yes, I mean, there's, there's plenty that I'm going to cover in person because they're big, but then there's plenty, like I say, the whole screen setup I have, I have a tablet now. Uh, I've always mm-hmm. just had a laptop on my phone. Now I'm going to have a laptop, a phone and a tablet set up on the press box. So y'all just give me my space. Just elbow room's good. We're going to fit <laughs> it all in. Cause I mean, there's going to be, 
but because there's that, and I, I hate saying parody. I hate the word parody. I use it a lot, but I hate it because it's people mm-hmm. use it so often and they don't mean it the way it's supposed to be meant. It's supposed to be said. Um, but I think the things that people think of when they say parody are are actually true this year, which I think doubles how many of these conference series and how many of these non-con games are important. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a Mississippi State LSU on paper, eh, it doesn't seem like it, it's a, it's okay of a series. Mississippi State going to LSU. Oh, okay. It is what it is. Mississippi State going to Texas A&M. And I'm not picking on Mississippi State. That's just two series I was looking at last night, so they're fresh in my brain. But, you know, th- <laughs> those series don't necessarily on paper look like huge series. Well, it, when the slate looks like this and it's so wide open, those could be really big series. Um, right. So I think I think it really opens the door to, yeah, I mean, Apple TV down this tablet, four screens, laptops, another one. Five, so six games at once, I guess, plus the one in front of me. Yeah. Now, nobody on this planet is probably going to watch more softball. Well, there will be a, a select few that will watch as much softball as you this year. Yeah. Um, but a lot of parents and coaches, they don't know how to access softball. Yeah. Like the amount of times I was telling people I was watching my sister play almost the entire season, it was on ESPN Plus, And people were like, oh, do you have to pay for that? Like, they just don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and I mean, that's kind of, I, I take responsibility for that. I want people yeah. to know how to watch. So I'm not saying people are going to have to watch as much softball as you, but what are ways that people who just want to see more of the game, maybe have favorite teams to follow, how can they follow them? So I, ESPN3, like you, or ESPN Plus, like you say, um, matter of fact, last mm-hmm. year I started publishing every week a viewing guide with an entire list of ESPN Plus's offerings that week. Oh, I love that. Um, I love that. For that exact reason. Because there's a lot of people, hey, what's ESPN Plus? Oh, I don't get ESPN Plus on my cable, on my TV. I, I have direct TV. Do you get it on AT&T? No. You know, it, it's a different thing. ESPN 3, well, I only have ESPN 2. Well, it's online. So there's just, just because people have never used it, there's the question of, okay, I don't know what it is. How do I access it? And so I, I use ESPN Plus a ton because there's a lot of schools that have school-produced broadcasts, even at lower, you know, like Patriot, yes. Patriot League. If I want to watch a Patriot yeah, League or they do. Ivy League, something like that, they're there. Then other conferences, you got BTN Plus and the Big Ten. You've got Conference USA. It's got their own little streaming thing. I need Conference USA to actually really help me out there because their streaming needs some help. Just shout out to Conference USA, please. I beg of you. <laughs> but some of those conferences do have their individual conference um, streaming sites. Um, some of them actually, Conference USA is one. They do some on ESPN Plus and some on CUSA TV. So I, I I go in and I look a lot, but actually, one, you know, one thing that I found last year, some schools do Facebook lives of their games. Yeah. And that's free. It is. And I mean, some of them come with score bugs. Some of them come with broadcast, like, like, like mm-hmm. a play by play or just somebody, even just somebody sitting there saying, you know, Hey, it's top of the six, the score is three to nothing. So-and-so over such and such. So like I, I did some scrounging last year and I, there's a good handful of teams, uh, Western Kentucky, who was very good last year was one. They did Facebook live I think the whole year. Um, mm-hmm. It's free. It's right there. I mean, is it the world's greatest stream? <laughs> I mean, probably not. It's Facebook after all, but it's free. But it's free so... And you can see the action. Yeah. 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 No, I'm really appreciative of that because that's a question people has, yeah. ask me all the time. And I'm like, I know how to watch my sister. I haven't really looked into the other ones <laughs> as much. Um, but that's that's something huge that um, I'll make sure to to share a lot, especially like on my Twitter, on my Facebook, um, especially the ESPN Plus, yeah. because there's just so, so many, many games on that. So many. And it's worth it. I mean, it's not even that much money for a year. Right. But the amount of softball that you get to have access to, like, I'm not canceling my subscription. I know my sister's not playing anymore, right. but like, there's some good softball games on there, there that you can't find on ESPN, ESPN2. Right. So massive, yeah. massive. I love this. Okay, so I have my one controversial question I told you yeah. was coming. Yeah. Before I, I get to let you talk about a cool project you're doing right now. <laughs> After there was a tweet about extra innings talking about ranking players of what age? Like 2028 or yeah. something? 2028. Um, and a lot of professional players, college players, they all were like, what are you doing? Like ranking all these kids. And I just want you to be able to shed some light upon, you know, why people are upset about it. And I know you guys don't do it to upset people, um, but it's part of the hard work that you have to do. 
Um, and, and here's the deal. You're not writing this. You're right. doing most of the college work. So what do you have to say about all of that? <laughs> I want you to be able to you know, shed a little voice on it. Well, thanks for acknowledging that. Yes, I only do college stuff. Anything below college, not me. So, but <laughs> the light shedding, glad to do it. Um, to me, and the, the place I find, I came to when I'm seeing all that stuff, and trust me, I spent four days in a week with my phone blowing up about it. Just I tweets bet. and messages and calls and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, I don't do those rankings, but, you know, I was, I was knee deep in it. From, from the time that yeah. tweet went out. To me, what it boils down to is something I, and I, and I kind of came up with this in the middle of that was the, the difference in perception versus intent. Mm -hmm. And sometimes neither has to be wrong. So, sometimes both can be okay. Now, don't get me wrong. I have my own opinions about 2028 rankings. Like I don't mess with them. So I, I'm, I work at extra innings. I'm a college guy for extra innings, but I don't mess with the rankings. So I have my own thoughts, sure. But aside from my own thoughts, knowing the processes, because I do know at least the processes involved. I know Brent, he's the one who does the, all the club ball stuff for extra innings. I know what his process is. I know what his motives are. And this is something he and I spent a lot of time talking about in the midst of all that, because the difference in perception versus intent, I think, applies to a lot of things in softball and in life in general. Um, and I think mm -hmm. it's, I think it's something that a lot of people miss nowadays, just in general, because it is, it's not the first thing you think of. So it's easy to miss. But to me, what perception versus intent boils down to is I can intend like, like if I, if I see somebody walking by and I say, Hey, I really like that blue sweater. Well, if it's a lady, she, my, my intent is to give her a genuine compliment. And for the record, I don't just randomly compliment people walking down the street. <laughs> I just want to throw that out there. I did kind of visualize yeah. that for a second. Um, I'm like, okay. <laughs> I, I enjoy painting a picture, but it's not my style. But just painting the picture, you know, if I say, hey, I just want you to know that's a, that's a really nice blue sweater. You look nice in that blue sweater. What, you know, just my intent may be to give her a genuine compliment. But at the same time, she may take it as me giving her a genuine compliment. But she could also take it as me trying to start a conversation because I want to hit on her. Now, my intent wasn't that. That may be her perception. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't make my intent. Now, there's a whole conversation to be had on whether you should give people compliments walking down the street. So we're I'm avoiding that one just to paint the picture. My intent in saying giving a genuine compliment may not be bad, maybe a positive intent because, hey, I want to give you a good compliment. But that doesn't mean that her, because my intent was good, doesn't automatically mean that her perception of a different thing was wrong. Her perception can also yeah. be true. So I, I think that's a big part of it because some of the things that were pointed out about those rankings are legitimate thoughts. The importance yeah. of mental health in athletes, especially young athletes, super important. Absolutely important. The, I mean, especially in younger athletes, important across the board, but especially in younger athletes because they're still in that molding in, the, in those um, those learning years. So you want them to learn that, meant that paying attention to your mental health is okay. Mm -hmm. um, super important. You know, the aspects of, okay, what, what are the processes behind it? Okay, that's, that's a fair question. Okay, does this have to happen? Does that have to happen? And for the record, nobody has to pay to be ranked. I'm just going to throw that out there. Um, but that's another thing Brent and I talked about because we have, we, we know, you just submit something, for instance. You don't have to pay to do it. But somebody reads something on the site, and we realize, hey, there was a little bit of a wording snafu. Again, didn't intend it to say that, but, oh, hey, what if somebody took it that way? Okay, actually, yeah, that makes sense how somebody could take it that way. Again, with the perception versus intent. So, I mean, my own personal thoughts out, out the door, because they don't, they're irrelevant either way. But, I, but that, to me, was a big part of what it boiled down to was everybody has a thought. And a lot of people's thoughts are fair. Um, mm -hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. I didn't care for the people who thought I was some kind of unethical slob because we did that. Uh, that that's a little much. But I, I think it's one of those things where it boils down to something as simple as that. Of, un, I, I think an underrated thing in today's world, in softball and in general, is understanding both sides of a point of view, whether you agree with them or not. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't think that gets as much attention as it should. I've always been a very pragmatic human, much less a pragmatic writer and reporter. But that's that's one thing I've always 
try to stay true to is making sure whether I agree with somebody or not, making sure that I'm able to see and at least do my best to understand both sides of something. And I think that's important. And that's something that even with Brent doing those rankings, he and I talked about it considerably because we're, you know, we're the two who do the, we run the site kind of thing was making sure, Hey, these people are saying this, where, what's, where are they coming from on it? Trying to make sure we understood where the backlash was coming from and making sure we, you know, true. Like you say, the mental health side of it, hugely important. So, you know, a lot of people were rooted in that. That's an important thing because it would be real easy for Brent to sit there and say, oh, hey, you know, I do these because I do these rankings because, you know, the parents and the kids and the coaches, they they like them. They clamor for them. They enjoy them. And, oh, well, why are these people attacking me? Well, it's because they're worried about the mental health of young athletes. So you know, from both sides, mm-hmm. I think that, again, I go back to perception versus intent is so important because there's so many different ways something can be intended and so many different ways it can be taken to me. And it's not necessarily the best answer to something like that, but I do think it's a big piece of that puzzle. I, th- I think it's, if, if you boil it down, I think that's something that's going to, you know, you boil down all the water, that's something that's still going to be in the pot. Yeah. So the intent, the intention was let's highlight some players and make, you know, these players feel really good about themselves. But the perception was, oh my gosh, like I'm not on that list. I must be awful at softball. Like from, from me potentially an athlete who's not on the list. Well, And Brent, and that's where the mental health aspect kind of runs. Exactly. And Brent always says that he does the rankings to honor the kids. And, and I'm going to tell you right now, somebody who's worked with him 14 months, he genuinely means that when he says that he yeah. actually means it, you know, it's, it, some people might think it's lip service. It's not, it's genuine when he says that, but at the same time, just like you say, on the other side of things, yeah. What if somebody's not on the list? It's fair to to think of, okay, what, what about the kid who's 101? You know, what about mm-hmm. the kid who's 272? Like it, it, right. it's fair to think about that. Um, yeah, but it's to me, it's like it's so interesting because you think of like the NFL draft mm-hmm. and there's some people that I mean, there's a lot of guys out there right now yeah. that are literally playing their hearts out and, you know, they make so much money now, but they were like not even chosen in the yeah. draft and they worked their way through. So it's kind of like a double edged sword mm-hmm. because I was one of those players that was like not ranked at all, yep. even out of high school. But like, I loved that challenge. But again, I wasn't really going through that until I was in high school. So I feel like when it comes to the youth mind, it makes sense why this is a controversy. And that's why I wanted to shed light on it because, you know, I'm here for all of the mental health of student athletes. And I want them to, you know, feel like, you know, this one ranking doesn't define who Mm -hmm. you are as a player. It should never do that. But crazy enough, we're at a time right now where it's, it has to be said. So, and um, I just, I appreciate you talking about it. No, absolutely. And the thing too, and this probably sounds like bad business for me to say this because these, yeah, the rankings are true. The number one player in the class is who, you know, extra inning thinks is the best player in the class. But at the end of the day, those rankings don't actually determine anything. You know, you, like you say, yes. you weren't ranked out of high school. I think you turned out okay. <laughs> Correct. You know, so th- that's an important thing too. We do it. As an, because it's part of what we do journalistically. And I say we, we is extra inning. But at the end of the day, somebody being ranked one or 272 shines a light on them, spotlights them, gives them an opportunity to, you know, hey, you know, I'm, I'm being recognized for my accomplishments. But at the same time, that ranking doesn't actually determine anything. That happens on the field. That mm-hmm. happens in the classroom. That happens on a recruiting visit, you know, that kind of thing. So that that's an important thing. Like I say, it probably sounds like bad business to some people for me to say that when we do the rankings, the rankings, I, I believe, have a value. But that value is an evaluation, a spotlight. It's not a I mean, let's be honest. Oklahoma's not going to look at the ranking and say, hey, this kid's number one overall. That's all we need to know that we're going to go recruit him. It goes hand in mm-hmm. hand with something like that. So I think there's so many other factors. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I think that's an yeah. important piece of it, too, is a ranking by us, by anybody for anything, an all-tournament team doesn't actually determine anything. It's it's yeah. a piece of the puzzle. It's by no means the puzzle. Yeah. And it's and again, like the people that are nominating you are your coaches, and that's mm-hmm. great. But like you're putting together the rankings and you barely know the player. You're just going based off of what the coach is saying about you. 
And maybe you'll get a little bit of video, but like, it doesn't really define who you are. Like you exactly like you said, it should never do that. So if you're on the list, great, amazing. Keep doing what you're doing. If you're not on the list, who cares? (laughs) Like when I say who cares, um, again, as the player who was only recruited by like four schools and ended up playing professionally, I was never on the list. And if I would have taken that too personally, I would have never become a professional athlete. So it's nothing personal. It's not. Um, But yeah. Okay. So thank you for, for elaborating there is made me sweat a little bit, even asking the question, but I'm glad we did. Yeah, me too. Okay. So you have a really cool project coming up yeah. with extra innings and I would love for you to share with us what that is. So we're starting a podcast called from the cheap seats. I, honestly, I can't, I came up with the name from the cheap, from the cheap seats. seats. I like the name. I, I like the, the name. name. Honestly, might be my favorite part of it. If I'm going to be honest, um, <laughs> We we were uh, we did a trailer. I had somebody do a voiceover for the trailer for the podcast, and it had this whole this voiceover, and it's like you know whether you're here or there or there. Sometimes the best views come from the cheap seats, and I'm like, it's perfect. It's like you know you hear the it's Halloween perfect. chorus in the background, kind of thing. But we're starting a podcast um, at Extra Inning. We're gonna do it, it's combination of all of our coverage. So we're gonna do college. We're gonna do club. Separate episodes. We're not, we're not going to combine the two. So the college fan can listen to the college episodes. The club ball player, the parent or coach whatever, can listen to whatever they want to kind of thing. So that way it's not, you know, we're trying to combine everything. It's you college fan, we can listen to just college. You're not really a college softball fan because your kid's playing 12 you Well, they'll listen to what these coaches have to say kind of thing. Um, but we're really honestly having fun. We've already recorded our first few episodes. And it's, it's actually been really fun. Um, I'll say this. I do not have a voice for radio for podcasting. I understand that my, my twang comes out too much for that. I have a voice to be a writer. That's what I always say. I have the perfect voice for a writer because nobody hears my voice, but it, it's honestly been a lot of fun doing this. Uh, we're debuting it February 1st. We're going to drop um, some, a, a handful of episodes right off the bat. And then every week on Wednesdays, we'll release new episodes of both. So club fans and college fans will have an op each week. We'll have something new. Um, we'll do, you know, we'll do guests, we'll do interviews, we'll do convos, you know, well, we're, we're, we're it's going to take a minute to find our footing. Cause again, mm-hmm. we're writers who are doing a podcast. We got a few things up our sleeve. Don't get me wrong. Um, besides just us writers. That's a teaser. I like teasers. I'm, I'm learning the art of the teaser <laughs> for podcast purposes too. Yeah. You need um, to do that. Yeah. Those are important. Te- te- I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little bit of a wily person sometimes. So the teasers kind of come naturally. I have found. <laughs> um, but we're, so we're working on some things like that, but you know, just, we want to have fun with it, add an extra, extra piece to what we're doing, some multimedia, uh, and two, there's some things that lend themselves coverage wise more to something like a podcast than they do a written form. Somebody telling their story first person sometimes makes a bigger difference than me writing it. Um, yep. somebody, somebody who's had even just a great week in college, being able to right away, talk about them before they go out the next weekend, sometimes that makes a difference. You know, a kid middle Tennessee goes out and has a great weekend. Well, she might not have a great year, but she had a great weekend. She deserves the spotlight when she gets it, when she earns it. And so, you know, mm-hmm. so, something as simple as that. So there's some aspects to our coverage that I think podcasting will really add something to besides the fact that I get to ask, just like you do, I get to put people in the jackpot and ask them questions and see what they say. Totally. I mean, there's, there's a benefit yeah. to that too. Yep. Well, you sound like you're super excited about it. So you will be the host of the college podcast. Correct. I'm hosting the college side and then Brent's hosting the club podcast. Cool. I can't wait to listen. It's going to be so fun. I would say, hey, if you need connections, I got you. But you have way more connections than me. So Do you you know Um, um, the host of When the Cleats Come Off? Because I need a connection to her at some point. I've heard of her. I've heard of her at some point or another. I've heard she can kind of be hard (laughs) to get a hold of. So I might need you to help me make a connection there. Who said that? Oh, I did just now, just for the fun of it. Yeah, don't don't lie to people. <laughs> I'm not that hard, am I? No, not at all. Considering the number of times we spoke before we ever met in person, I think you're pretty accessible. Okay, yeah. thank you. I need I need people to know that you are very me. accessible. You're more accessible than I am. Well, I'm here to help in any way that I can. I'm very excited. This is going to be an epic podcast. Appreciate um, it. You're fun, and I'm pumped. Are you ready to be on the hot seat? No, but let's you ready do it anyway. for some. Yeah, that's that's the right answer. Uh, so I'm going to give you five rapid fire questions. Yeah. I call it five to thrive. Yeah. Do your best to answer the question, and then we'll get out of here. Yeah. But I'm really excited about some of these because a few of them, a few of them are unique. Okay. Do you have a favorite story that comes to mind when I ask when you've written one? What's been a favorite? 
I probably honestly maybe recency bias, but I probably go back to that Hutch story. Cool. Yeah, I, I, that, that's one. I had a feeling you might say yeah, that. Yeah, that was that was that was a unique thing because there were so many people that added thoughts to it. So I'd, I'd probably go back to that one as one of my very favorites. I love it. I love it. Okay, so a sports junkie, softball jump junkie. Do you have a favorite sports moment or movie? Ooh, that comes to mind. Sports movie is easier than moment. Um, I enjoy. Okay. I enjoy the rookie. With Dennis mm, Quaid, good one. I enjoy the rookie. Um, I, I don't know why. I just it's it's kind of slower than some other sports movies, but I've just always enjoyed it for some reason. Um, sports moment actually, uh, twenty I think it was twenty seventeen World Series. We had the seventeen inning game. Mm, there, that was wild. There is a deeper story to that that I don't know. You want me to throw in the middle of rapid fire? Share it. Okay, just do it. I predicted seventeen innings unintentionally. What? So we're sitting there, we're getting ready. It's Florida and Oklahoma, and you know it's tight game, tie game at one point. And there's this guy sitting there. He runs the audio for the press conferences of the World Series. This is back old Hall of Fame Stadium before the renovations. And he's sitting up there on the ramp to the press box, and he goes, "How many innings are we gonna go?" Turn around, look at the scoreboard. It's like the fourth, fifth inning, and I'm like, seventeen. And so Stop. it's just a random number I came up with. I mean, I'm I, no crystal ball. I'm not crest anything like that. And so as the game goes on, you know, we go to extras and there's always uh, police officers all around for security and all that. And they usually hang out in that area around the media just because it's kind of the official area. Or whatever. And one of them looked, had heard these say that and looks at me and goes, you better not be right. <laughs> and so we go through and we get to the 10th and the 12th. And, you know, at one point, I think it, whoever was the away team scores, and we're like, okay, it might be over. Well, then the home team scores, ties it up. And by the time we get to like the 15th inning, we're all we've been there all night practically. So it's like we're kind of all rooting for 17. And so mm-hmm. we get to 17 and so the, the officers and the ushers and the, some of the media, and we're all sitting there like, I don't know how I did it. And the next night we get there, we're all worn out, of course. And one game hour before the game, one of the police officers walks up to me and she goes, you better keep your mouth shut today. I said, I'm not <laughs> saying a word. I'm speaking nothing, not a word. So sports, That's a yeah, I still remember that, that. So sports moment, that was pretty fun. I enjoy that. Oh. All right. Who's playing Oklahoma in the final game of the World Series? I'm going to go Bedlam. Let me go Oklahoma State. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, don't get me wrong. Okay. I'm, I'm not. I'm not putting. Uh, th- that's a that's a hundred dollar bet, not a thousand, not a thousand dollar bet. But <laughs> okay, okay. I, I'm going Bedlam in the final. I love it. I love it. What is something? And I know you're excited about the podcast, but like, what is something else that you're looking forward to in this season right now? I like being on the road. And some of the places I'm going mm-hmm. this year, I'm going for the first time, or I'm going with a unique spin. I'm going to get to be there, be there for some moments, kind of thing. Um, so I, I'm mm-hmm. really, I'm actually, I travel a lot, and sixteen something thousand miles last year on the road. But I'm really looking forward to some of the some of the road trips I have this year because there's some really fun stuff at the in the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow on them. Yeah. yeah. I look forward to reading and listening about it. There you go. See? I love it. All right. Final question. Who's a dream podcast guest for you um, that you'd love to have on? I think, I think the easy answer is Jenny Finch. If only because I I think, I think she's the, still the person that non softball people see and associate most with softball. Um, And she's been out of the game so long, even away from team USA, but her impact is still there and she's still that ambassador. She's not out of the game, mm-hmm. but you know she's not in it every day either. And, and I think that's that's something that's really unique to Jenny. So there's a lot of people that I want to have on there, but I think dream podcast guests, I'd probably go Jenny. That or, or somebody you coached or played back in you know the 60s, 70s, 80s type of deal. I enjoy folks like yeah. that too. But I think Jenny's probably top of that list. Yeah. You know what's funny is she's on top of mine. Hey. So we'll see who gets her first. Uh, ooh. <laughs> I, I heard a challenge in there. You saw you talked about teasers. Here it is. There you go. That's so funny. I met her for the first time at NFCA. So I was just like, this is fun. Yeah, get, okay. Guess who did All not? Right. Guess who walked right past her and didn't realize until later? Uh, yeah. How do you do that? She's so tall. Well, I'm tall. So <laughs> tall doesn't stand out as much to me. That's true. Sad, That's sad true. but true. All right. We'll see who gets here first. Um, you'll have to tune in to see yeah. on each of our podcasts. There we go. But Justin, this has been an absolute blast. Mm-hmm. I am so much looking forward to more of your work this season. <laughs> Thanks for shining a light on on some controversial topics, but also just being your genuine self. You're going to be a great podcast host. It's going to be awesome. I appreciate you. This has been a lot of fun. I appreciate you asking, and I enjoy this a lot. Me too. Me too. I'm excited for it to air. Me too. We'll talk soon. Appreciate you. 
I absolutely loved this episode with Justin, especially the honesty around some of the hardest parts about his field of work. I definitely cannot do what he and his team do, and I've gained so much respect for those in his field, especially when backlash is literally always happening. Find how you can follow Justin in all of his articles and even start binge-watching, I guess listening, to his brand new podcast episodes, From the Cheap Seats, I love that name, now live wherever you are listening to this podcast. They just launched a few episodes literally today, if you are listening the day this podcast comes out. So get ready to binge on more college softball news, articles, and inspiring stories. Also, if you haven't already and are enjoying When the Cleats Come Off, make sure to subscribe to this podcast so you'll be the very first to be notified when my next episode drops. And also make sure to follow me on social media for some of the best quotes, tips, and clips from each episode. You can find all of my social media platforms in the show notes. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of When the Cleats Come Off. And never forget to stay awkward, stay humble, and keep on smiling. All right, I'll see you next week. Mm